Welcome everyone, welcome. This is Mike, and this is the Sweet Dash Q&A webinar. It's 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. It's good to see you all here. Thank you very much. Uh, let's have you all just jump into the chat really quick to make sure that you can hear me. Uh, just let me know that you're here, where you're from, where you're joining us from. Maybe a, a business niche. Hi, Amanda from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, maybe your business niche that'll help us um, possibly um, direct things in your direct uh, in your business niche using examples, etc. Louisville. Well, it depends on how long you live there. From what I heard, you're allowed to leave out a syllable if you've been there forever. If you grew up there, <laughs> is that right, <laughs> Amanda? All right. So, all right. Uh, in Perth, Australia other side of the world other side of the time uh, time space continuum it's middle of the night there all right Minneapolis Delray Beach hi India uh, Verita from India and UK hello everyone yes all right excellent and from Trinidad Tobago wow Antonia Antonia do you know a um, a fellow named uh, Shaka Hislop yeah I guess he's kind of semi-famous there in Trinidad and Tobago. He's a goalkeeper for in Premier League football um, like 20 years ago. Okay. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get started. Good to see you, Antonio. All right. So a Sweet Dash Q&A webinar. What does it mean? So typically a webinar, when you log in and see a webinar of a software, they're going to spend the whole time saying, showing you here's how you do this and here's how you do that. We're not able to do that necessarily in Sweet Dash because uh, the software is really meant to be kind of like someone referred to it as a self-service portal creation software. So basically you can create your own software using Sweet Dash and in that way it's built in a very flexible way where you can take a lot of different components, move them around in different orders and connect them in ways that is unique, that are ways that are unique to your workflow and um, well adapted to your workflow right so something that's working very well just for you because that's the way you need it to work uh, and so in that way there's not really a step one step two step three that's adaptable to everyone uh, so what we do here in addition to the videos and and help documentation etc is try to find a way make a place where you can come and ask in real time get some ideas get some feedback and maybe try to help you over those conceptual humps so here we are. Uh, let's just start off on the. We're on the website. You're seeing the website here. If you haven't started a free trial of Sweet Dash already, there's really no risk to you. There's no credit cards. There's no bounty hunters. Uh, we don't do any of that. You can just get just your email address, and we're not going to spam you. You can unsubscribe at any time. It's your best way to get a get a good look at the software and start to play with it and see if it'll, it's something that will work for you. Uh, along that journey, the documentation here at help.sweetdash.com is uh, a great place to go and just type your questions in before you send your questions anywhere else just type your question in here and just give a few pages you know a few paragraphs of reading you might find that uh, you can get a lot of your questions answered here sweet dash academy is these the home of sort of uh, contextual training around certain concepts sometimes videos we have a new type of training coming soon here to academy uh, how-to guides we're calling them now I don't know exactly how it will uh, turn out and then community the sweet dash community is a great place to join groups of, of like-minded niches or, or some or uh, a place for you to share your use cases and see other people's use cases also a place where we we give the most recent announcements about things that have been added to the platform and uh, so you'll be the first to know here in the Academy okay uh, so there are questions that the chat is where you will drop your questions what we'll do is start trying to work through the questions Noel is here to help she may be answering your questions as well and we're dropping links that are relevant to get your questions answered so with that said go ahead and you guys can go ahead and start dropping questions I was gonna look for some other uh, for some people that might be here for questions that we have that were submitted when you scheduled so let's look at those two if we need to okay let's let's scroll back and make sure we have everyone and then we'll go ahead and start okay all right let me 
work my technology here. One second. Oh, there we go. Look at that. All right. So let's start with Amanda. I feel like I need to just get away for a weekend to work. I'll get away for a weekend to work specifically on workflows. Amanda, it's it's kind of like that. If you if you watch some of the some of the videos that uh, and uh, and I'll go ahead and just show a few of these. If, if you go to tips and tricks here in the academy, there's several videos like this one, for example. Uh, also, this project automatic project cre creation. These are uh, you will see if you look at these. They'll they'll have workflows actually built into them. Let's see if I can scrub through. I don't think I. Can. Oh yeah, here we go. See. Uh, let's see there. All right, so you'll see it's here's at minute six six uh, six minutes fifty seconds it starts, and before this video was created, before all the components were built to accommodate this workflow, we took the time to sketch it out and really understand what we were doing. And I really think even if it's a napkin, a, a yellow pad, whatever you have, really understanding what your workflow needs to be is the first step. Okay. Now, of course, you can build simple things uh, without that kind of complexity. But in the end, you're going to want to have a, a document, something that you're looking at to say, all right, let's break this down. And you'll see even in this uh, video, I believe it's this one. can't remember. But there's a needs list floating around. Like every once in a while, a needs list comes up. So then you take your, your document, your flowchart, and you make a separate document working off of that flowchart. Here's what I need. I need an email marketing list to do this. I need this circle, that circle, this other circle. Here's the place where I'm going to change them from this circle to that circle or change their messaging. Uh, so these are the sort of watersheds, the uh, places that you'll have uh, actions where you can make those changes. So I would recommend if you haven't done something like that before as far as planning it out, this would be a good place to go. And this is, again, on Sweet Dash Academy. It's in Tips and Tricks, Forms plus Lead Gen Funnel. And this will do a good job of, of taking you through the process of seeing, you know, if I need to plan this out and I need to make it complex, here's how I can do it. In, with a step-by-step. -step. Once I have my needs list, and then it's just about making everything in the platform and then making all the connections. Okay. All right. Uh, Antonio says, can we have a recording provided to us after the session? Yes, Antonio. Almost every time we'll post this uh, on YouTube. So uh, you'll see, if you go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash sweet dash, you'll see that there are um, the previous sessions there as well. Okay, but nothing beats being in a live session, Antonio. Don't be like those people who just watch them at night. See, when you're here, you can ask your own questions and get your own questions answered. Uh, Lewis, Lewis says, I built out a different portal for different subscription models, good Lewis, using the autom automated project creation video. Good job, Lewis. Lewis found his way to Sweet Dash Academy. Uh, for my final portal page, it is currently a template that needs to be edited by my team before it gets pushed to the client automatically. How can we push the portal page manually to the client? Push it to them. So I'm going to assume that you want to have an email notification, uh, Lewis. So what you can do is when you, let's, let's go here. Let's get to um, portal pages. I think I have some open right here. Okay, good. Okay, so in here in notifications, Lewis, uh, you can always, when you're editing an existing portal page, you can uh, check this checkbox, and it'll say send email notification to all assigned users, letting them know that changes have been made. So typically what you would do then is leave this off as you're editing. You would save, 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 and you can. We even have the functionality where you can save and uh, just keep editing, save and keep editing, and that's the same action if you hit here. So every chance you get, just roll over and click save, and then you're just continuing to work here in the portal page. But now, when you're ready to actively, as you say, push the portal page manually to the client, I guess the way that the easiest way to do that would be here, and then check that, and now you're going to save. And now when you update, everyone that's assigned here in the assignments box will receive a notification that this particular page has changed. Now, uh, that can get 
as far as like how you want to present that to them on the client side, um, or at least how that fits into the method that you've chosen to present that to them already, that will maybe need a little bit of explanation from you in that email template or some additional direction to get them going in the way that you need to go. And then, uh, so because as you see here, like on the, uh, on the client side of that exact portal page, I have it set up so that all the menu um, items are stripped, completely gone to avoid any confusion. All she knows when she logs in is, this is my dashboard. Okay, great. And this is not even the dashboard that, you know, is default. This is just a custom menu item with this portal page assigned as the, as the target and a new icon, and then we just named it dashboard. So in this case, uh, it's very bespoke to people in the payroll service circuit, uh, circle. And then here, I'm actually using the button blocks to uh, control the actions as I want them to happen. I'm controlling that here instead of in the menu. So my point being, if you have something set up like this that's very uh, unique, uh, then when you <clears throat> update that portal page, it could be that it set as their start page, Lewis, and then when they log in, no matter what the email template says, when they log in, it'll be the first thing they see. So in that case, it's not much of a challenge. So it kind of depends on how, what role it plays, but there are definitely some options, ways that you can get, uh, get them to that. But that email notification is the primary piece that we have designed for that. Okay, Susan. Uh, I saw some questions, I believe, from you, Susan. Let me review. Miss Susan. All right. Did your question, uh, and let me read through your questions here, and then I'll see. I have your other ones in front of me. But it says, hello, and thank you for hosting the webinar. Sure. Here are three questions, same topic. Is you can't use dashboard widgets. Okay. Yep, I think you're the, the, these are the same questions that I'm seeing here. Okay, Susan, so you ask about, here's a good example of uh, what we're just looking at here. We have dashboard widgets, we have a dashboard and dashboard widgets. Uh, then we also have portal page and all the options that are available to you on a portal page. Um, the current dashboard and dashboard widgets will be eventually be phased out and will basically use be using all of these blocks that are available now um to build the dashboard what we'll do is rebuild let's, let's let me go um to a different view so it's more clear what so here let's go to dashboard so the dashboard widgets that you see available here announcements um let's see the announcements the invoices the task the the file upload etc will be built in the other in the block builder in that you see in portal page and then you'll be controlling what appears here on the dashboard using that so in some cases that'll eliminate the need for you to create a start page and a, and a dedicated dashboard for uh, some set or subset of your clients uh, because you would be able to do that right here on the default dashboard and even to the point where uh, just like in um, in the block builder you would be able to show or hide based on circle affiliation you could do that on the dashboard as well uh, so there would be some very uh, a lot more powerful functionality there on the default dashboard and at that point you would choose between is the default dashboard enough to, to accomplish my goal if not then I can make an, a uh, portal page and create that as a dashboard and set as a start page or put it in the menu as we've done here just like this okay so the answer is at the moment they're a little bit diverged um, it, and it could be better and but the second part of that is we are moving in that direction and the things that you see in the end it will be a combination Susan of the functionality on the dashboard as you see it now and the functionality you see available on portal pages um, that help them become a dashboard when you set them as a start page so in the end it'll be the best of both worlds all right Susan continues in your tutorial here there are buttons for the client to go to their project files how do we get the link for individual client assets to apply those buttons for instance their folders and tasks well you can use the button blocks um, Susan to 
be fairly directed. So if you go into, say, this button block, it says access your files, you can set the click action here, and this click action is generic. Well, it's generic when I say navigate to start page, that's a generic, generic description. But in each case, it will direct the logged in client to their start page, the one that's configured for them. So always for each of these, when a client, for on the client side, you have a client that's seeing, um, that's logged in, and that's the client that the platform will redirect them to the start page. For Josie Green, it'll be a start page that could be separate from any other client. So just remember that, that these generic descriptions will dynamically adapt themselves based on who's logged in on the other side. Okay, And so that's what these are. And you, if there's... Uh... Now, in the case that uh, it's you're trying to navigate them to a very specific URL, uh, there may not be a solution for that at the moment. But the best you can do, if you can't find a solution to what you're trying to accomplish here, you can just set navigate to a... Um, Let's see, to URL, direct a relative URL here. And then on the client side, you can navigate to as close as you can get that has doesn't have like a unique number. So see how this has a unique number. There may be some URLs that you can find, like in files, for example, that would be uh, usable by any client. So for example, if I go to files, and you're asking about their project. Yeah, so there is a there's is a use case for projects already built in. It will take them to their most recent project depending on your setting or a specific project if you specify that project. All right, let me just finish up here and then we'll move on to the next question. So files and if you go to shared with me, for example, and then we look at the URL for that see how it's files shares that's generic to every client and if you you put that into the URL which I actually think there's already something here but that then any client will go to their shared folder when they click that but I believe that's already here let me look share with me folder yeah so right here so you can accomplish the same with that okay all right let's move on uh, hi Ruby can we send recurring emails to clients, let's say, for monthly reminders? Yeah, so Ruby, we have the ability to do that, but we don't have the ability to set it up on a monthly with no end. So like, send this email every month until I tell you to stop. Same email. So that's not a big, a big jump from where we are currently. So what we could do is take um, and I was just thinking about this recently. We were talking about it. Um, so we could take a marketing campaign and then just set up some recurring logic on the campaign itself. So instead of having the campaigns as draft or sent, it would be in a ready mode, uh, something like ready. And it would have a recurring logic built in that it would say every month or every week, as you, as you said. Yeah. Uh, Verito says, can we include Google Analytics to better track users? I believe we have that, Verito, where you can drop that into uh, the JavaScript and platform branding. We go here. There should be a place for you to, there is a place for you to uh, paste custom scripts here, right there. Try that out, and, and uh, if it doesn't accomplish your goal, let us know, okay? Uh, Noel's answer, yes. Susan. Okay, Susan, let me look at some other questions. Lewis, yes. Susan. Okay, th I think uh, Noel might have you. Is there a function to build courses? Ah, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. As Noel says, Amanda, we have our LMS feature plan for release this quarter. And you will be able to build, build courses with it. That's correct, Amanda. So uh, the LMS, the long-awaited LMS, has is well underway. I would say it's about 75%. So we expect it to enter testing in the next two or three weeks. And 
hopefully be available shortly after that. So yes, we're excited. There is a function to build courses. You can build uh, products, Amanda. There are quizzes. You can have, uh, of course, paid access to, to products which contain courses. So all of this is built in the sense of you creating a course that you are in fact intending to sell and um, restrict access to based on payments or recurring functionality, recurring payments, etc. script subscriptions. So we, we're trying to take Sweet Dash as far as we can in the direction of you being able to build your own SaaS where you control, uh, where you're able to provide services, uh, provide information, provide access to courses, et cetera, et cetera, and all that paid for by single payment access or subscription payment access, and all that's built together. Okay, Juan, how are you, sir? We were just talking about uh, football a little while ago, Juan. You weren't here. I don't think you were here. Um, I need to charge my clients every 15 days. The amount I charge varies every month for every client. Okay. To do that, I send a proposal. When they approve it, it generates an invoice with a payment button. Okay. Sometimes they forget to pay. Can I store their credit card information, charge them directly without them clicking anywhere? Yes, you can, Juan. So uh, what you'll need to do is, um, let's go here. So you can request that they add their own that add their payment information. I would suggest doing that at the beginning. Okay. So for any one of your clients, you just go here and you'll say, uh, "This one might have already been done." Let's see. Invite, invite, invite. Let's see. Request payment info. Okay, Juan. And then what you can do is you're going to choose your gateway. So this when what this means is that their payment info is going to be stored at Stripe or Braintree or whichever one you've configured. Or if you're asking them for bank account ACH information, I don't know if you're in the U.S. or where you are, one, I'm not sure. But this one is, is U.S. only. But if it's credit card, they you can send them this. They're going to click a link, securely add their credit card details, and then from then you can satisfy invoices automatically uh, from your side with that information. And I would have to find an invoice that has uh, for sure a uh, stored payment information but you can do it from your side uh, without them clicking anything yes and typically that would you know you would reach some sort of contract agreement with them in the beginning to um, agree to that and there's some legal language built into the settings that you can customize based on your um, payment information here you can customize this legal information based on your locality and what what's needed okay I believe that answers your question, yeah. All right, Amanda. To create a dashboard, you just use the page and make a start page. Yes, that's correct, Amanda. Good. Hi, Susan. To automatically send the user an email if they fill it last week and sign eventually. Yes, that's what I was going to say, Susan. Let me go back to this, but let's cover it. Okay. So Susan says she's created a funnel based on a video. Good job. Love the, love this video. Thank you, Susan. How can you trigger an email to be automatically sent to the person when they fill out the last form thanking them or giving them more information? Good. Okay, and, and, and Noelle's answer is correct. So you can set up an action uh, or there's an email uh, functionality and if it's in a form, you can send an email out to the form and you can just customize that. You can use placeholders. Let's go down and finish looking at Noel's answer to make sure I'm... Yes. To the form or in any one of the flow steps. Or, uh, Susan, this might be confusing. On the last step of a flow, we don't allow actions to be assigned. And why is that? Because there are actions that are assigned based on the completion of the flow as a whole. So if we had actions on the last step and actions on the flow as a whole then those would be triggering at the same exact time because when the last step of the flow is completed the flow as a whole is completed so in that sense and because of that logic we we just don't put actions on the last step and any actions that you need to happen on the quote last step or at the completion of the flow 
you can assign them there uh, in the set of actions assigned to the completion of the flow as a whole. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure, Lewis. Uh, we have occasionally this. There, there will be some issues. The only time that we really see uh, this happen is when, um, if they are double clicking the link or clicking it multiple times, uh, or if they have link, uh, some link protection in their on their IT stack at a at a corporation usually, um, and in that case, they they need to copy the entire link and paste it into a browser um, so we don't see that very often Lewis and but occasionally yes yes but there's no logical reason or no functionality with thousands of people every day that are doing it um, with no issue so either uh, those friends have already they're already logged into a, an, a sweet dash account in that browser and that's what's causing them problems have them try to open in the incognito or they have link protection would be my guess first one is probably the most likely okay yeah that's that's strange as Noel says we don't we don't hear a lot of that so thanks okay Verito says what is your data governance policy so all of our uh, those kind of things Verito are uh, on the website there's a link on the website I think in the footer that will cover everything about those types of things that we are uh, officially saying okay uh, Carla how are you okay content related are there different content management roles for example content contributor publisher also can you schedule content revisions for release at a future date and time no Carla so I know what you mean uh, that's a that's a nice functionality um, I think you're you're talking about in relation to portal pages. Is that pretty close, Carla? You want to publish on portal pages, but you want to have it to be um, have some some protection about who can do that, and also be able to schedule and publish on a schedule. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. That's that's exactly the kind of place that we would go next uh, in portal pages. So we have the ability for as shown here so you can control who can access the page but anyone that on the internal side um, what we would do would be add another section here and that would uh, make we would call that a content publisher or, or, or someone who can edit this particular page and we just basically give you another set of assignments that you can assign people specifically or by team or by um, cir not circle but uh, by team to be able to edit and then uh, revisions we already have a mechanism for that that we could move into this area and then um, yeah scheduled scheduled revisions in the future makes sense that's probably not in the short term Carla I'll be totally honest with you that's that's really more of a, a publisher slash blog type of functionality um, but we do have some some ideas in the LMS second iteration about timed release of particular lessons, for example, so they would be locked until a certain time. So maybe there's some synergy there with portal pages. But yes, we, we recognize the value of locking data for a particular amount of time and also um, controlling who can edit or, or just view certain things. All right. Hilton says, I had connection issues, had to reboot. See, there's new feature in intake forms. Did you cover that already? New feature intake form. Oh, 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 choice block. You mean choice block. Is that right, Hilton? That's that's the one that you're asking about? Choice block, yes. Okay, let me, let me just queue it up, and then I want to scroll back and see what else we have um, as far as questions. Oh, okay, Juan. Yes, your clients are in Mexico and Spain. Good. All right. Uh, the ticket manager, you mean support tickets. So uh, we are drafting an email that's going out in the next few days, kind of updates on every feature. Uh, 
Support tickets is probably going to end up in the fourth quarter. Juan, that's just realism. Um, it's a big, big feature. And in addition, we we have a newer. We want to build it in a newer, in a very cutting edge type of technology. So um, that support tickets may be down the road, um, but the target would be before the end of the year. But I wouldn't be able to guarantee that. Fourth quarter is when I think that's going to end up. Yeah. I know that's a, that's a good one and a big one to save everybody some money, but we have to make sure that when we implement it, it will smoothly um, merge itself with the existing CRM, with the existing portal pages. So there's a lot of planning around the, the support tickets at the end, and a lot some of it has to do, Juan, with um, creating new public pages. So right now, portal pages, and then the next iteration here, will be public pages right and then one variant of public pages will be uh, support articles or documents or like a knowledge base right for example same thing as uh, we are um, taking advantage of here with the company we pay a company called help scout uh, they do our support desk and then this is also uh, support articles so a lot in the way of this so imagine that Instead of a portal page, you have a publicly facing page that you're creating uh, like this that uh, is a knowledge base or um, a public facing documentation that is also indexed and searchable and is also it gives you the ability be while people are submitting tickets, for example, you can, uh, I know you've seen this, that contextual, contextually we would find keywords there and offer suggestions that may um, answer their question and prevent a support ticket from being submitted. And there's nothing wrong with submitted support, support tickets, that's for sure, but uh, if their answer, their problem can be solved before that, it's in everybody's best interest, and that's what... So that's part of it, all that, that, that infrastructure has to be put into place, uh, as well as some of the messaging infrastructure that we want to put in place before we're ready to um, start that challenge, right? Because we want to do it right. All right. So there's there's an update there. Going back to courses, can they be free as well as paid? Yes, Amanda. They can definitely be free. You'll definitely have the ability ability to just grant access to a course to anyone as an admin. Um, definitely, and also just along those lines, staff members will be able to be assigned courses as well. So this goes along with our long term strategy of implementing the HR side into all the functionality that is currently available uh, as well. And so you'll see that even that that's now done with portal pages where you can assign uh, portal pages, not just to externals, but also to internals. And not only that, the uh, placeholders that you have now, uh, you'll have placeholders for staff as well. So there's not many for now, but as these extend and we have staff custom fields, you'll be able to start creating um, start page dashboards for your staff members based on their team affiliation and team affiliation and it works in just the same way as circle affiliation. So you'll be, be able to create complex uh, user experiences for your staff, meaning, okay, uh, when someone starts, you say, okay, start here. Uh, you just received an email, click that link. That'll get you started on your journey. You'll fill out a form. You'll sign a contract. Uh, all the contracts will be uh, dynamically generated because they you because they have uh, placeholders in them. So there there'll be no more of this like it takes all day long to hire somebody or get somebody on board. You'll be able to systematize that, and when somebody comes on board, you'll basically just need um, you know whatever minimum number of data points, first name, last name, email address, uh, or whatever else you find necessary uh, to be part of that as far as custom fields. Okay, um, so answer answer is yes, Amanda, for sure. Uh, and not only that, but you'll be able to make a single payment, subscription payments, installment payments. All those will be available as options. All right. Antonio says, are there any auto retention features for files? Not at the moment, Antonio. I think what you mean is 
uh, after say 60 days if of no activity or no views just go ahead and dump it um, 60 days is short but 365 days is not so something like that right uh, not at the moment not at the moment we haven't found enough demand for that from the community to plan a sprint in that direction but no but thank you for you know always listening for those ideas is there a plan for a class or one of too many type of appointment setting in the calendar yes Amanda good really like thank you love its webinars when you're validating the directions yes so right now Amanda we are finalizing the two-way sync on the calendar uh, which will then um, you'll have the ability to um, the appointment booking engine will automatically take into account your your Google events and every event actually so that you're not going to be double booked okay so that's that's first we have a one-way sync now two-way sync is almost finished zoom integration very close um, so we're moving in those directions first to get those sort of must-haves in place before you start trying to book a uh, many to one like a class as you say or, or webinar right something like that um, but once those are in place and working well and the in the and we've made the adjustments that we want there on the appointment booking then one of the very next things would be a, a one-to-many event or appointment um, that would automatically generate zoom links or Google meet links or all those things so these are all things that are in a uh, working progress or a progress <clears throat> they're at some point on the spectrum of progress but for sure it's it's part of a bigger plan and we're just moving st a step at a time in that direction but yes and that's that's certainly something that we're looking at that'll take us a long way towards in many cases like in your case towards solving that appointment side of your business completely so that you don't need another tool uh, as of now it's usable but for more advanced functionality we still have a little bit to do there yep okay Verito I think you're talking about Google Analytics but um, <clears throat> in general though we do have uh, login logs for uh, contacts now we don't have time of page uh, but we have currently have login logs and, and we will soon have in in place of this live stream or in a, an enhancement of the live stream will be email logs as well and you'll have the ability to see actions throughout the the platform just as you do now this is a little boring but when there's a lot of people working it's a, a lot more uh, useful but then the email logs will be here as well that's the really important one so that you'll be able to never wonder if an email was sent you would just look in the logs and find out find out okay Noel's answer yes 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 that's correct Noel ah Juan yes one gets it support ticket plus knowledge base sounds great bye bye Zendesk Ooh, yeah that's a big monthly payment a yearly payment there that Zendesk well I mean we only know because paid that before Zendesk and fresh desk and you know whatever other ones are out there they can be expensive yep for sure especially if you want to bring if you have one or two people but if you really need to have four five six ten then you're definitely going to be pulling out of the checkbook yeah all right Verito says can I hide client company details to specific salesperson yes I tried doing access control but all my salesperson can still still see all details for companies they are not assigned uh, well as Noel says that would not be something we'd want to see so if, if everything's done correctly yeah it does work there Rita so uh, if you're seeing otherwise please send in uh, send an email to help at sweetdash.com video would be very much appreciated that helps us understand what you may or may not be doing that's causing your uh, the inconsistency there but I would say it's something that is not as quite that but some other causality causation causality I don't think is a word but it could be all right um 
All right, Amanda says, awesome, I have a workaround for now. Using Wix for Zoom classes, I'll be able when I'm, I'll be glad when I'm able to keep everything in the portal. Okay, yep. Yes, Amanda, we're, we're, we're trying to fight against Wix. We're trying to help you against Wix. Wix is great. I mean, I, I really don't have a lot of bad things to say about Wix, for sure. They have a lot of, um, a lot of functionality. But I, I do think it feels a little bit, I did look into it or looked at, looked at it recently just for uh, out of curiosity. I don't do that very often, but um, yeah, Wix has quite a bit, but it feels a little bit cobbled together, And but I'm sure that it can be made to do great things. So yeah, good job with that, Amanda. Um, but that's the only thing for you now, the Zoom classes? Meaning it, schedule a... Yeah, see, that's kind, of, that's kind of what I thought, Amanda. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, we're not perfect, so I'm, I'm not trying to say that, oh, Wix. But, I mean, look, that's a huge company. I think hundred, hundreds, offices with hundreds of employees in many, many cities around the, United, around the world. So um, they're doing something, <laughs> a lot of something. So uh, I, I imagine they'll eventually get it sorted out, but... But again, when you have that many people um, all over the world working in so many different directions, it is kind of hard to get a unified feel, something that feels like it was all put together and, and uh, thought about in this context of how is this going to work together. Yeah. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Those are exactly the places that we where, where we're going, Amanda. So uh, let me just jump back to... Uh, the portal page. Oh, and then we got the choice block. Yes, I almost forgot about the choice block. But let me just jump back to the portal page and all. So remember we were talking about portal pages before and how we'll then create something called a uh, public pages. And that will be the backbone for the knowledge base uh, to go along with Zendesk type functionality. Yes, but public pages will also be the backbone for uh, the website builder. So imagine if you have six portal pages or eight or ten portal, I'm sorry, public pages, uh, eight or ten public pages that have a common header, a common footer, right? They, that's on all of them, a common style sheet, a common theme, right? You apply that to all of them. Put a little menu block at the top, connect them all in the way that you want, a menu block at the bottom. That's a website, right? So uh, we've been moving in that direction for, for, for a lot of quarters now. So uh, the end result will be, Amanda, and the functionality and plans are, yes, that you would be able to have multiple events uh, coordinated with your Zoom by an integration and a basic website functionality that would extend to um, you know, better and better over the course of the future. But at that point, then you have your website on you know, with Sweet Dash, and then all your intake forms, etc., sitting on your website. So everything just becomes easy, point and click. No widgets, no embeds, no iframes. Completely, even just getting rid of the iframes is a big deal because then we have quite a bit of extra leeway as far as formatting and uh, flexibility in mobile, etc. So, uh, Maya says, can we store project plans for clients? Maybe help me understand a little bit, Maya, since we're, since we're here, if you're by your keyboard. Uh, when you say project plans, you mean like documents that are a certain file type, or do you mean like a pre-planned structure? Okay. So, project plans, is it a, like a for lack of a better description, like an AutoCAD type file? You mean like plans like a house or plans like a, yeah. The answer I think is yes. I just want to really make sure I'm, I'm getting there to the place that you need to be. Let's go to projects. So inside a project, Maya, you can, it, each project has its own file storage uh, capability. Okay, so let's go in here. So inside the project, if you click the Files tab, you'll see that these files are specific only to this project. Okay, and you will have 
these three options by default each client different package for their project okay so okay so let me let me stop I think I understand a little bit more better okay so you okay so my what you mean is client a uh, is is going to be using service X Y and Z but client B is going to be using services only X and Y and maybe W so what you mean is different configurations of a project before you start so that you can say alright let's go let's apply X Y and Z okay good got it alright so that is what we developed um, project profiles for so Maya yes the answer is yes and and I'm happy to say that there's very powerful options around this okay so a project profile is is sort of what you're trying you want to start with okay project profile will set up all the information about a project in advance except for a very important component and that is the client what's which client are we going to um, generate this project for so a project profile will generate a project when you when you tap it when you uh, pull the lever basically and then all it wants to know is who's the client and with each project profile you can set all the metadata all the settings you can even create um, project information that will have variable information uh, variable data in it so in this case on the project on the client side they're gonna see all these things but you can use these placeholders to generate it dynamically when the project profile is generated uh, and also you can assign a unique project template to each project profile so in your case X Y and Z okay let's just say all the services covered by X Y and Z are built into this project template okay this is tasks and phases and then this is all the information and all the uh, information about the project the metadata and the signees and so then when you trigger this project profile right you're gonna pre-create this and you're gonna understand what it's gonna do and you can trigger it on intake forms on update forms or you can trigger it manually you can go to the contact and you can say you know what this contact we just got off the phone they're ready to go and I'm gonna now apply project profile here and I'm gonna choose it from a list and I'm gonna click apply and when I do this Maya it's gonna instantly generate a project it's going to instantly do all those things we told it to do and uh, we pre-created it's going to instantly create all the tasks set the due dates set the assignments all based on the way that you configure that and of course you can do as many different flavors of these as you want to cover the different modalities or the different plans that you say different package for each product project so of course you'll start with your most commonly common one first you'll duplicate it and modify it and you'll create yourself a little stable of project profiles and then as you get a little bit further down the road and get more confidence on using them when you use the first use it the first time you're gonna you're gonna really get hooked on how efficient it is and you're gonna spend a little more time and over the course of the next months you will your your business will gain a ton of efficiency and um, replicatable efficiency right not just I worked really hard uh, for two months by doing this work ahead of time you can save yourself a lot of time each time a new client comes in you click a few buttons everything will happen and then you have room for more clients that way and therefore you can make more money that's the beauty of automation seem right Maya does that seem like it covers and you I mean of course you can say no but I think it's right yes okay that's good so try it give that a try and that was built in that way um, to be as flexible as possible to allow you to build pre-build all these things and then uh, and then hit them um, with an automation So just to extend just a little bit more and then I'll switch to something different but for example it's on an intake form oh this is perfect you know what let's go to 
Now, we're on intake form. Let's cover what I'm getting ready to cover. And then we'll also look at the choice block for... Um, I forgot who asked me about that. I'm sorry. But we will cover it. Okay. All right. Let, let's start with choice block. Okay, so when I bring up a very simple intake form, I'm going to find all the form actions are going to be down here. What role am I going to assign to every person that completes this form? What coordinator? All these things are, are you're used to. You're assigning these in here, project profile, Maya. So basically you could go as far as every time somebody completes this form and becomes a new prospect, we're going to go ahead and trigger the, proje the project to be generated right away. In your case, that might not be the, the, the workflow, but it is possible. Okay. Uh, so here's all your choices. But that's it. if there is not something called a choice block. There's one direction here, one path, one decision. They just fill out the data. All this gets applied. But the choice block brings something else into it. When I click choice block, it's going to be added here. And if you'll notice, all the choices below disappear. Why is that? Because they're all... Now the choices, or the, I'm sorry, the configuration that was down here will be determined by which of these choices they choose from what looks to them like a simple drop-down menu or select box, okay? So here's first choice, and let's just keep it really simple. We're going to say, we're going to call this uh, bronze, add new choice, we're going to call this uh, silver, okay, and then, of course, gold. We'll just use. Okay, so now we have bronze, silver, and gold. These are our choices, and it doesn't matter what they are. Um, I don't want to limit your thinking, but the idea is it could be any choice in which you need to divert or fork uh, the path of an incoming user. All right, let's stay on silver. Now we're going to click here, and now here are all of our uh, configurations on this choice. Right, and so now if he chooses silver, we can say, okay, now he's a client. Let's put him in the silver circle, right, that we made, or whatever circle it is. We're going to assign him to this person. So in this case, and and then here's the key part, right? Paid portal access. Oh, he wants the silver plan. Oh, well, we have to require a subscription payment, and it has to be the subscription plan that we set up for silver. And I'm going to choose it here, and boom they're going to sign up and then on their first login they're going to get out have to get out their credit card because they're going to be uh, forced to to continue and then they have access to your platform only because they're paid a subscription only because the subscription is active and if their subscription ever fails in this mode then they will lose access to log in so you've just created a, a subscription service SaaS or platform uh, that has three different levels a bronze a silver and a gold and you can divert um, people into different circles which can then of course control the information that they see they control their dashboard control which rows they see in portal pages controlled shared folders etc etc uh, and you can split them at, in one form into these different paths and um, that's choice block so essentially, in, in in all, that's just the simple version of it, right? Uh, you can have as many choices as you as you want, and you can go with twenty choices. You'll just need to configure each one of these, and um, so that's the that's the new choice block. Any other any questions about that? Who was I? Uh, can't remember who I was talking to. Was it Juan? No, it wasn't Juan. I don't think. Maybe Antonio. Uh, any questions, guys, about choice block before I move on? Okay. Wow, I did a good job. Okay. Ah, good, Amanda. Good. I'll, you guys are thinking. I appreciate that. I appreciate you bringing the the thinking cap too. So, Amanda, very next thing. Uh, yes, we're going to take choice block to update forms as well. Right now, it's only on intake forms. The next uh, extension of this, and within just a few weeks, will be the update form. And there will be some differences, uh, but essentially the same, essentially the same. So when you launch the uh, configuration, you won't, be, you won't see things like role. You won't see things like uh, coordinator. In fact, you won't see, this, this is not what you'll see. 
you will see more like the um, trigger action functionality. So some of these things you'll be able to, to do uh, as part of a choice blocking update form. Yes. Based on their choices. And, and um, you'll be able to have multiple choice blocks, Amanda. So one of your choice blocks might ask question one, question one with three options that would then trigger three things, three different sets of actions. But then directly after that, you could have another choice block where you're going to uh, ask another question. And then based on their answer, you're going to do another set of things. So it really opens up a big, big toolbox of on the form side, right? Uh, coming also in form soon will be uh, conditional fields for show hide. So one of the fields up here might be um, asking you a question uh, with multiple answers. And then you can show or hide the choice blocks. Maybe you have four choice blocks and you could really layer it up then. Uh, go super complex if that's what you're into okay so choice block is is really a big deal and and you'll see this logic will continue maybe not in this look imagine now that on LMS for example not that you not that you're anybody's interested in L LMS <laughs> but let's just say that this choice block is the um, is like a product choice like do you want to buy the full package or do you want to buy a single course or do you want to buy just the mini course or whatever uh, then based on which of their choices and imagine on the front end this represents itself like a like a pricing table for example uh, they'll have different amounts different uh, dollar amounts different uh, you'll be able to set up features or, or bullet points something like that and then on the front end uh, this looks like a pricing table on the back end you're actually configuring which circles which email marketing lists which SMS um, um, messages need to be sent etc etc you're doing all that from the back end and based on what they choose they get put into the, the proper course the proper circle get charged the proper amount everything happens uh, based on that choice yeah and in many other places this kind of logic can be utilized to um, solve problems and and to demand meet some uh, things that you guys are looking for that the community is looking for the ability to uh, have these landing pages where you're, like a book me page as well is another good example right a very easy to to configure book me page with scheduling and then have uh, trigger actions based on the scheduling of the appointment, etc. Okay. All right. Uh, any other questions? We are right at um, two o'clock, a little bit after. Don't mind hanging around for other questions. I appreciate you guys. Uh, uh, Hilton, I didn't read yours. It says uh, so. Choice blocks gives us the opportunity to have one form of multiple paths. That's right, Hilton. That's the absolute perfect way to say it. Yeah. And then. In, in the intake form, there's only one choice block uh, limitation for to have one in the form. In the update form, our goal is to allow, is to enable multiple, yeah. Uh, Verita says, uh, Amanda says, any ideas, thoughts on optimizing for mobile? The vast majority of my clients are mobile first. Well, most of our content's already um, mobile friendly. Amanda, so if you can load it and you can basically install the PWA, not everything is perfect. That's just a matter of real estate. Some of it still is being worked on. But as far as when you're creating uh, in portal pages, when you're creating, say, um, uh, columns, these are cre good. Okay, I thought that's what you were asking about. Uh, when you're creating columns using portal pages, you're actually using Bootstrap. Okay, so you get this would be a, a four columns in what's called bootstrap and for those of you who don't are not familiar it is a framework that allows you to create these columns but they also will stack in mobile uh, when they get down to a lower resolution so here for example is a preview and if I preview as this is a good example of dynamic data uh, if I preview as Josie for example it's going to show her profile photo her information and actually the the data behind these charts is unique to her. If I show someone else, 
it'll show uh, their profile picture and data uh, in a different way. So it depends. It's a good example of which logged in user are we uh, going to show the data for. And this one lets you preview it. But also it lets you see what it will look like in mobile. And you'll see how these columns, um, Amanda, yes, exactly. These columns will stack very cleanly. And uh, this is Bootstrap at work doing what it does. Um, and this is your sort of, here's a good, perfect example. So this is what they call responsive design. So as the device or the screen resolution gets smaller, it will adjust itself and stack uh, blocks in a way that's mobile friendly. Okay. Yeah, that's it, Amanda. That's that's going to be the way. And so what you want to do is just here in the row, you could choose columns, column configurations here, and all these will be built uh, using Bootstrap in the back end and you don't even really need to see all that so perfect awesome oh, hi Maya yep so Maya that one's uh, let's get to that so the difference between the pricing for yearly and lifetime is yearly you'll you'll have to pay it every year right so if you start with pinnacle you'll pay 960 every year to continue to have access if you choose lifetime you'll pay one time and that's the last time you'll pay for a pinnacle for example or start it's a popular one here seven hundred twenty dollars and um, they can pay now if you uh, go from 720 to 1920 if you decide you want to upgrade you just pay the difference in lifetime anytime you go from one to the other you'll just pay the difference Antonio that you can always see the status or the uptime at status.suite-com. Uh, it's pretty consistent, um, Antonio. So occasionally, occasionally we'll have a configuration issue that sneaks up and causes some slowdowns and and some downtime. But our infrastructure has been upgraded so much and very methodically over the past year 18 months that um, it's not common for us to be down yeah very uncommon 99.95 in the last 90 days yeah and so this one was maybe like 30 minutes or you know something like that but every one of these other green days is a full 100 percent day and we're working towards 100 percent. we want to make this number 100 that's what everybody wants to see here that's for sure so um it's it's very upsetting whenever we have any kind of downtime that's the way it affects us all okay i think that's it guys i think we're good any other last minute questions i will take a look but otherwise i really appreciate you all stopping by and joining us and providing your input it's good to see you guys that are back for a few times um but and for all of you first timers you're welcome back that's something you say, just come back here as many times as you'd like, as many times as you want, ask questions to get yourself up to speed. And we appreciate your input. Ruby, you have a square logo. Um, it's kind of difficult because what we have to do, Ruby, is we have to come up with a, uh, a suggested resolution, which is a landscape type proportion. So. Um, you're welcome to send your logo in and, and maybe we can help you with come up with some kind of uh, landscape version of it that would work better but in some cases where we have to make a landscape shaped hole for example in the UI right this one is a landscape which means it's wider than it is tall this one would be perfect for your square logo this is the collapse version and in email as well it's, it's um, currently landscape but yeah maybe send that that question into the help team and let's just see if there's some um, enough demand to look at getting you straightened out with if you have a square logo I know um, recently we did add the ability to not show the logo at all or to center it so logo position here yeah it might be nice to um, offer an alternative logo uh, proportion that would make it say 100 by 100 and that would go with your square logo and you could center that and it would probably look really nice yeah 
Okay, I'm going to screenshot this and see if we can. Don't worry about uh, writing into support, Ruby. I'll go ahead and make a little note on my side, and maybe we can find a way to get that into the platform for you. Okay? Yeah, thanks for the suggestion. All right, thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. We appreciate your time today. Thank you very much.